0: Okay, y'all, if you listened last week, you know that I said we'd have another love story with Polo and Monica this week. And we really tried so hard to get their interview, but with power outages, slick roads, we just couldn't do it. So we're pivoting, and we decided to have Casey from Texas Prison Air Conditioning Advocates on to talk about how this winter storm has affected our Texas prisons. And then lo and behold, as we're talking, the reason she started this group was because of love for her husband who is in prison. So even though we talk about our group and all the work they do, it was all started with a love story. So let's do a background check on Casey Phillips and TPAA. Let's go! Have you or someone you know had your life turned upside down because of your past? Of course I have. Everyone does background checks now, which makes it hard to bounce back. What do you believe? I believe your background shouldn't hold you back, it, sh- it should pay you back. This podcast will inspire you, motivate you, and inform you with everything you need to rise above your past and and not be afraid to say, go go ahead, check my background. My name is J D Dan Gum, and this is Background Check. You already know. Let's go. You can check my background. I'm a forgiving felon, so tell them that I won't back down. now you can bet I won't live in regret. It's time to earn some respect. You are tuning in to Background Check. Hey everybody, welcome to Background Check Podcast. I'm your host, J. Dan Gumm. And as always, Background Check is brought to you by Forgiven Felons, helping people with a past realize their future. And if you wanna know more about Forgiven Felons and what we do, you can visit us on the web at forgivenfelons.org. So much information is on there, especially if you have a loved one in prison who needs a transitional house to parole to in the Dallas area. We have two of them. Uh, download the application on the house page and send it to them, and have them send it back, and we'll see if they're fit for the program. Also, if you want to know what we're working on, you can visit the Current Plans page, and you'll see the resource center that we're raising money for currently, looking for a building to, uh, to put all the stuff in that we talk about on that page. We're going to have vocational training. We're going to have businesses, opportunities for inmates to get out and own their own business Lots of stuff, education, training, financial literacy. It's going to be great. Food, hygiene, everything. Everything somebody needs getting out of prison. We're tired of just helping the guys in our house. We want to help all of the Metroplex DFW. So go to ForgivenFellows.org, check us out, and um, you'll be able to see what we do. Okay, so today, my guest, um, we were, you know, month, month of February, we're doing all love stories. We started with ours last week. We were going to do Monica and Polo this week, but we just couldn't. And so we decided to pivot and just try to talk about the storm and how the storm has affected the inmates and staff in prisons in Texas. And so, uh, I've been following Texas prison air conditioning advocates for about a year now, and I've, I've gotten to know Casey on, on Facebook and social media, and so I just thought maybe she's available to talk about this. And so. We were talking about it, and it, I mean, here's what they do, okay? Texas Prison Air Conditioning Advocates, they they, they have members from all over the world. They're adding members daily on the, on the group, on the Facebook group. The founder, Casey, started this group in May of 2018, and they advocate for inmates and their families as well as others regarding life-threatening and torturous conditions inmates are experiencing within Texas Department of Criminal Justice facilities due to the extreme summer temperatures. Although prison temperatures are the primary focus, Casey and her husband Justin, who's in prison, have been deeply impacted as a family by detrimental medical conditions that exist within the prison system. So therefore in 2020, TPAA has expanded its focus to include various medical issues and contaminated water. And they believe aggressive changes in these areas are much needed and long overdue. Their goals are to hold TDCJ accountable for current policy, heat directives, Uh, Unfortunately, the policy doesn't always equal practice. Number two, they are trying to ensure that TDCJ maintains the same standards that are already utilized by the Texas jail system, which are to maintain temperatures between 65 and 85 within all of the prison facilities. And they also try to empower and educate family members and incarcerated individuals for advocacy. Uh, They also want to increase public awareness of the detrimental and inhumane prison conditions Within some facilities at TDCJ, and I can vouch uh, for that—that that, that does happen. So, and the conditions are bad at some units. So, with all of that, um, we we're going to talk to Casey. You're going to hear the interview. But man, when we when we start talking about all they they do, I found out that this thing started because of love for her husband, Justin, who's in prison. So it's kind of a love story. Yeah, we talk about some political and some different things. Uh, but, but it's a love story. And even though we didn't get the full love story, how they met and all that, um, we, we see that their love for each other and their love for their fellow human friend, kind, whatever has, uh, is what is at the base of this group. All right. So can't wait for, you're going to love the story. So here we go. Casey Phillips, welcome to background check podcast. Thank you. (laughs) I, um, when we first started the podcast, uh last June, you were I had this, I had this long list of guests that I went on, and um you were one of them. Uh I was actually when you text me back in January or message me back in January, uh, about maybe y'all coming on talking about what y'all do. I was like, in my mind, I was like, yes, but right then I was going through COVID and I just wasn't doing anything. I was doing solo episodes, I wasn't doing any interviewing. And then I already already had planned for February to do all these love stories. But in in the midst of this week, there's a lot of stuff going on. And I just thought, you know what? Let's pivot. Let's take a break. One week off from the love stories and just talk about what's going on in the prisons as it relates to this storm. So first of all, um, you're with Texas Prison Air Conditioning Advocates. That's how I know you on social Mm -hmm. media. And it's a great group. Okay, I, I, I've followed all your people and it's just an amazing group. So tell us a little bit about yourself, the organization, what y'all do, who you represent and um, what, what all y'all do and maybe how to, how people can help or get involved.
1: Okay. Um, well, thanks for having me first off. Um, so let's see, TPAA for short. Um, that's probably the easiest way uh, for everybody to remember us. But um, in June, I'm sorry, May of 2018 um, is whenever TPAA came about. Um, so my husband is in prison and he's currently at the Estelle unit. He's been in since 2016, but he was housed at the Cofield unit at the time when all of this came about. And it was over hundred degrees outside. Um, and at Cofield, I think everyone knows there's no air conditioning. Right. There's, 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 you know, that's the glass house is what yep. they call it. Um, but he was in seg and, mm. and seg it's a whole lot worse, um, at Cofield than any of the other parts of the unit. Long story short. Um, I got a letter from him that said he could barely breathe and he has a little bit about him. He has chronic asthma. He has, um, in stage renal disease, he is literally dying behind bars. And so, wow. um, when I got the letter saying that he could barely breathe, he felt like he was suffocating. He wasn't able to take his medicine. This is the time when he got so sick. He was in renal failure for a year. Um, TDCJ was just doing nothing. I was like, you know, something that's gotta be done. So yeah. that's how TPA came about. Um, we, you know, I just, started a group and did not yeah. know what I was doing had no clue what I was doing and it just kind of escalated from there and I didn't ever expect it to be as big as it is now we have oh, over yeah. 2600 members yeah. um, we don't charge a membership fee but what we we do is we try to educate people and educate society on what's happening behind the walls because not you would be amazed at the number of people that do not know legislators um there you know there have been times that we've been to legislators and they said oh well um the prisons are they're all being air conditioned because of the pack lawsuit well that's not the case (laughs) so it's it's amazing what they don't know you know it's just it's so
0: it's almost it's almost they they sometimes i wonder if they're just pretending
1: Right. Because
0: because it's it's like like they're playing dumb or something because they can't not know, even if they've spent even just five to 10 minutes researching and listening to people, they they would know and they would hear. so when Mm -hmm. I hear that, I just like, man, you you don't know because you don't want to know.
1: Right. And it's like the criminal justice committees um, in the House and in the Senate, you would think being that they're on that committee that they would know and that's right. not even the case that, either
0: That's true. Yep.
1: um you I mean it's really surprising and it's really disheartening because they really don't know where the taxpayers dollars are going and the fact that you know you're supposed to be here for the people you're working for us and you still don't know but the problem with it is that society doesn't care about people behind bars unless they they have been affected their family's been affected right that's the only way that people get involved and that's sad it's really sad because regardless of what someone did they're still a human being you know it doesn't matter they're still human beings and we don't treat animals the way that the ones in tdcj are treated they are treated less than animals and Mm. it's to that point where and i've always said you can only keep an animal caged for so long before they go crazy So what do you think these people are going to do if you're treating them worse than an animal? Most of them are getting out at some point in time. Are you going to want someone to be your neighbor that's been treated like an animal? I mean, how do you think they're going to live? You know, they're going to live like an animal because that's how you've treated them. It's just so sad. And so it started out with my husband. (laughs) And as you can see, so,
0: so you saw a need. A personal, right. need, a personal need mm-hmm. hit home. And then you decided mm-hmm. kind of the same way with I, with me. I, I've been out of prison almost 15 years when I was in two guys that were mentoring me got out and they were back in prison before I made parole. And so I was like, no way this place isn't that nice where I would want to come back. So how did the guys mentoring me in here not make it out there? So then that's, when, that's why we started forgiving felons and the two transitional houses. Cause we want to help these guys. We saw a need. And now we're trying to meet that need. And that's exactly what you did.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. And it's, I mean, it's escalated to the point, like we get so many letters that are so it's heartbreaking and, you know, there's so many issues within TDCJ. There's tons of things that need to be corrected. And the reason that we chose this is because there's people dying over an issue that can be prevented far as people are dying hundreds of people i'm sure throughout the years have died we don't no one will ever know the exact number because of the way that tdcj reports they don't report if it's a heat related death they're gonna put it could be a heart attack but that heart attack was more than likely brought up you know on because of the heat and that's something that we'll never know and it's it's inhumane
0: Yes. I think you're, you're right. It's in, it's inhumane. Um, you know, we had Carl Sherman representative Carl Sherman on the show. And, and, and he mentioned two things when I asked him about, you know, how are we, where are we with the air conditioning in the units? And he said, unfortunately, Jay, the only time we make headway is when we go to court and he said, mm-hmm. that's it. He said, and that's sad because, you know, cause, and I asked him, I said, I said, what was there any, accountability held over their their head when these people that were supposed to move be moved to air conditioned units weren't moved and tdcj you know brian collier just thought you know yeah i thought it'd been done he was trying to pass the buck to the wardens and Mm -hmm. there's so much passing the buck and so much pointing finger pointing and cover-up right um and had, had i never been in prison you know i i would be one of those in society that just thinks like, like they do, you know, exactly. and, uh, but I've seen it firsthand and, um, so, all right, you saw the need and oh, Carl Sherman also said, he said, Jaden, think, think of your, your dog, your, your man's best friend on a hot summer day, you would not take your dog and put him in a cage and put him in the garage, you wouldn't do it. You wouldn't do it for an hour.
1: You can said, go to jail for leaving an animal in a hot car.
0: Yeah. And so he said, but we do the, we, we do that. We put them in a cage and we put them in the hot sun and, and, and we do that to our humans, right? you know? Um, and, you know, and dogs, sure they can be trained, but you know, humans can be rehabbed as well. Right. And uh, no matter what, you know, there's a lot of innocent people in prison too. We got a few wrongfully convicted on our podcast, but, but even, even if they were all guilty in prison, it still doesn't take away from the fact that they can all rehab. Some right. may not want to, but they all have the potential to, Well and, and, mo- and most of them do.
1: Yeah. And I can say this too, you know, the pigs, the livestock with TDCJ, they spent $750,000 to get them air conditioning. So the livestock within TDCJ have air conditioning because it makes them money and they make, it makes them money. Yeah. It's a, it's yeah, a money game. That. That's all yeah. it is. It's all about the money. Last session we had two bills, one in the House, one in the Senate, and it was to regulate temperatures within TDCJ. No no lower than 65, you know, no higher than 85, but 80, it's the 85. same regulations as the state jail system. Yeah. So all county jails have the same thing. But the problem was they came back with a $1.2 billion physical tag and that's the highest physical tag that they've ever had in legislation. And it was the first time that a bill like this has made it to legislation. So it was like two first, you know, and so when they heard that billion, the B word, they've told us that B word killed it automatically. So we have two, we have two bills this session also, one in the House, one in the Senate. And then we also, there's been two different um Carl Sherman and then representative john rosenthal they also have heat bills this session but they're the same as they were for us last session but our bill is going to be a little bit different um because um they've did a cut where they had to have a five percent cut everyone's you know been cut that money but this session's so different because of the pandemic right this time that we had to change things up a bit. And that we figured that the only way it's gonna get anyone to even think about it is if we sectioned it off. So say right. for example, the first, this session. So we're asking for a hundred million dollars. Okay, with that hundred million dollars, we're asking that they, they get actual physical estimates with the exact prices, it's, or roundabout prices it's gonna be at these units. Um, but with a hundred million dollars, they should be able to do quite a few units because with our figures that we have, we have a report that we put together. It's 32 pages and it breaks it all down for you. Um, how much money they're going to save, how much, um, we come up with that it's actually going to be because they got, um, they actually did some estimates, had some estimates done on some of these units, and they didn't even use the estimates. They wow. spent thousands and thousands of dollars to get these estimates done and didn't even use them. Like nothing Damn. that the estimate had in it. So it's just, I'd have to show you this report. I mean, I would love for everyone to get a copy of this report because you would be amazed.
0: Is it something that we can uh, link on the show page and people can yes. uh, mm-hmm. look at it as a PDF? Okay, yes. well, we'll do that. We'll have a show page on the website. And uh, and we'll have um, whatever whatever copies of bills or whatever you want to link okay. to, so they can see.
1: Right. Uh, I mean, it's just the more people that we reach, the m- the better it's going to be because more people understand. And really, honestly, if you don't care about the people behind bars, you should care about where your tax money goes.
0: Right. You. Right.
1: If I look at it like this, if we're allowing this to happen to people behind bars whoever doesn't get involved to stop it, you're part of the problem
0: because yes, you're okay with it. You're
1: allowing these people to die on your dime, you know? So it's, I get but, really, but,
0: but you know, they're criminals, right? So they deserve it. That's the perspective.
1: No, but they that's don't. The... Mm-hmm, I know they don't. they don't. I
0: know. I know. They I don't. know
1: but that's <laughs> what people don't understand. And it makes me so mad. I get I so know. mad because I'm like, it doesn't matter what they did. It could be any of us. It could be me. I've yep. done things in my life that I should be sitting right back there with everyone else. You know, it's like, it's not fair. It's not right. And just because they committed a crime does not make them any less of a human than me and you. Yep. It's sad. It's very I sad. I get so, so upset about I'm, it because I'm just like, yeah. come on now, you know, where is like, everybody says, you know, brings God into the picture. Is this godly? Cause it's not would god want you to do this to people no he wouldn't you know i just don't understand you know
0: i i take i i just even take the names that that we've used to describe our prison system the first one was texas department of corrections they don't do anything to try to correct Mm -hmm. anything no okay so then they changed it to texas department of criminal justice there is very little justice right in our criminal system in fact richard miles i like the way he says it he calls it the criminal legal system because there ain't nothing just about it mm-hmm. and 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 i agree and i think i think our problem with our whole system starts in the judicial system uh and and then it's there in the prison system as well and then it's in the parole right. there's so many so many things wrong with parole and i know that because i i was on parole and i deal with you know, we've, we've served over the last nine, nine years, you know, 250 men have come out and had to be on parole. And it feels like sometimes that I am fighting like paroles fighting against me to rehab these guys, you I know, and that's, that's what their job is. But, you know, I, when I tell people this and you may, you may understand it uh, better than the average lay person. Um, I tell people and, and Brian Stevenson from equal justice initiative in Alabama, he said it best. He said, there'll never be any or even true criminal justice reform because there's so much money involved. Right. And mm-hmm. people don't understand that commissary video calls, phone calls, everything that all the money that comes through our, 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 especially our prison system and even parole with ankle monitors and the parole fees, all this stuff. I mean, when I was in prison, they didn't charge to go to medical, you know, right. but somewhere, Somewhere along the line, it got about money. Well, we need to make more money somehow, some way. Mm -hmm. And it's all about the money. If, if, if it was about true rehabilitation and we began rehabbing all these people that are in prison and they never came back, what would happen to all those jobs? What would happen to all that revenue? What would happen to all that? Mm -hmm. And, and TDCJ is a business. Number one, it's a business. People talk about these private prisons, and how they're making all the you know these for-profit prisons. I, I I tell them, wait, the hundred or so state prisons is the largest for-profit business in the state. That's I mean, we're not Texas Department of Criminal Justice, the state-run prisons are not non-profit, they are profitable. And they're 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 not called a private entity, but actually the private, I was at a private unit and I had air conditioning, I got fed yeah. decent, I got I mean, they were never short staffed and, and I don't know if the private prisons actually treated us better because they're a, they're a public company and the state, the state run prisons don't have any oversight so they can treat us however yeah, they want, you know, but the, but the, the private, but the private prison is is an official public company. So they're kind of, they have some oversight, but the state, the mm-hmm. Texas department of criminal justice has no oversight. So, mm-hmm. all right. Well, we'll talk a little bit more at the end about uh, what y'all do during the summer and trying to, trying to help the, the people during the summer. What's going on right now? How has this storm affected the inmates, the staff, um, you know, power outages? Um, you know, wh- what, what's going on that you've heard and what is TDCJ's response to it? And, and is it enough?
1: Well, Okay, so, you know, as of right now, after they have idled some prisons, they've shut some down, there's 97 units. Out of those 97, there's 29 that are fully air-conditioned, okay? Um, all of them, all the private prisons are air-conditioned. There are 68 that are not fully air-conditioned, but out of those 68, there's 52, I believe, that are partially, okay? When I say partial, I mean, 500 beds or less at most of these prisons. Okay. So, but that, with that being said, it's now with the storms, you, you have all of those prisons, even if they're state, you know, state or private run that are having issues, they're running out of food, their power's gone out, they're out of water. Um, the phones aren't working, but, some of them, I can honestly say, it's not CDCJ's fault. Um, the ones that have run out of water, the cities are out of water. You know, right. the free world's out of water. The power that's happened—I know for um, Estelle, they have the roof cave in on the high security building. Mm. So with the snow melting, the water's coming in everywhere. It's flooded. There, nobody was prepared for this. And right. you know, and I hate to sound like I'm not siding with CDCJ, but they do. As of now, they're they're do they're doing what they can. They really are, and I and don't think.
0: Would you say they've responded better to this than they have with COVID?
1: Yes. Yes. Okay. Because COVID, they're housing people um, that are positive with negative. You know, this, the way that they're handling that. They have they could do a lot better. But I yeah. think now that people are actually speaking up yeah. um, and trying to fight back they're, they're not as, I don't want to say the wrong word here, but it's not as easy for them to get away with it. Right. And my opinion is it's bad. The reason it's so bad is because we've allowed it to get so bad. You know, it took many years for the system to get this bad and it's going to take many years to correct it, but it's going to take everyone standing up, speaking their mind and fighting back. You know, we hear all the time, retaliation, retaliation is, you know, is it okay for the few of us that do fight to get retaliated on? Right. You know, that's not fair for all of us. So you're going to have some point in time. Everyone has got to just take one for the team.
0: Yeah. You know, and, and, got and to. we need, and we need everybody on the inside and the outside to do their part right. because if, if we're on the outside saying this is being done and this is being not done, mm-hmm. but, the, uh, but the guys on the inside aren't writing grievances about them, then, you know, then they're not going to do anything. They're just going to mm-hmm. be like, Oh, you don't know what's going on in here. So right. really we need everybody. So if you are a family that has a loved one at units where things are happening that you know are wrong, make sure they, regarding air condition, regarding facilities, lack mm-hmm. of food, whatever, make sure that, you know, I mean, they that's what they, they can do, grievances. right? Mm-hmm. Right. Grievances.
1: grievances. Because the thing is, I've even had them say this to me. If they're not fighting for themselves, why should we allow you to fight them for them? You know, and it's true, but at the same time, I will say this. And I mean, I get a lot of backlash when I do say this, but, um, the guys I know, and some of the women on the inside exaggerate a little too much and you've got to start telling the truth. Your loved ones have got to tell you the truth and don't exaggerate the issue because when they do that, it makes it worse.
0: And so somewhere, um, I, I believe you're right because I was in prison too. So I, I, I exaggerated a little bit at times, um, not about everything, you know, when it was in the middle of July in 2004, in the summer at the trustee camp, I was literally on the weekends. Um, I was under my damp, wet blanket with the fan at my feet blowing at me, trying to keep warm. I mean, trying to keep cool. You know that's mm-hmm. how hot it was in those metal buildings. Right. Um, and so, but there were some things, you know, that I would just kind of exaggerate. Yeah, mom, it's you know, this is how bad it is. This is but at the same time, if you ask the staff um about the same conditions, they're gonna say they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna under exaggerate. They're right. gonna be like, Oh, everything's perfect, you know, and somewhere in the middle, I believe, lies what the, the reality right. of it. Mm-hmm. You know? right. and, uh, and if uh, and if we don't find a way to, to go, OK, what the inmates are saying may not be totally true, but some of it might be what the staff are saying may not be totally true, but it may not be as bad as the, the inmates say and and find a way to come together and get some of these things changed. Um, I mean, there's other countries that are so far ahead of us in in their actual rehabbing of people in prisons. Mm -hmm. and treating them like humans and treating them, you know, putting them on career paths and and, in trades and technology stuff that actually is relevant when they get out instead of getting them certified on stuff that's six years out of date, you know? Right. Um, So, so, so they're overall, they're doing a pretty good job responding to, um, I I believe so.
1: That's my opinion. I know that a lot of people might not agree with that, but, I mean, we do work a lot with TDCJ, you know, I do the conference calls with them. Um, We have a a really good working relationship when it comes to things like this. And, you know, I've (laughs) I've personally dealt with them so much when it comes to issues, especially medical issues with my husband that, you know, it's kind of you get to you learn to read them. You know, you know, who's giving you a line of crap and who's not giving you a line of crap. I mean, it's just, it just depends on who you get, what day of the week you get them. I mean, honestly, and that's sad, but that's how it usually works.
0: What's the future for TPAA? I mean, what, you know, is this just something where that you're going to do while your husband's in prison? What do you, where do you see it going?
1: Well, that's hard. I can't really answer that. I mean, I know that, uh, I'm the type of person when I start something, I have to see it through, you know, and we have picked up medical issues because honestly, medical, that's my passion because of everything that's happened to us. Um, That's where my passion lies. But when I started, this hasn't affected, the heat issue hasn't affected, you know, my family since 2018. Whenever I started in May, he was in a, an air conditioned unit by July. So it hasn't affected me this whole time, but I continue to do it because I put my name on this. I started this. I'm not the type that can just say, "Okay, well, I give up. That's it. I'm done. You know, I can't do that um, because my conscience wouldn't allow me to do that. You know, and I have a lot of people that we've communicated with this whole time. So for, you know, two and a half years, almost three years now, we've really, you know, built relationships with people on the inside that have helped us, you know, and they try to get the word out on what needs to be done and things like that. But I can't just stop. Yeah, I can't. can't.
0: And and, and I think you've started something, uh, too that, that will easily go on. Even if you say you or your husband have to step away one day, um, it's the same thing I'm building with forgiven felons. You know, I saw a need a long time ago about, uh, helping guys with transitional houses, but I know I'm not going to be running these transitional houses forever, but they're not going to go away somebody else is going right. to step in and, uh, and keep it going, you know? And so well, um, I,
1: I can say this, I can, I'm like, I'm so involved now. Like I'm hands on every single thing we do. Like I have a say, so, and you know what, what we have going on, but I can tell you that once he's home because of the fact that he's so sick, I probably won't be as hands on. Right. But I mean, I'm still going to be available if that makes yeah. sense.
0: Oh yeah. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. Cause I know you travel, and, uh, I went down to Huntsville when y'all were down there doing, a doing a rally down mm-hmm. there and you had the, uh, you had the cell I w- and, and, and I don't remember if I took pictures, but if you have pictures, I want you to send them to me so I can put on the show page. Um, uh, but, but you guys tell us a little bit about that. When y'all go do a rally like that, what all goes on at the rally and, and tell us about the cell.
1: Okay. So actually we have a, it is a mock prison cell and it is the size of, I would say a seg sale. Um, yeah. I can't, I think it's a six by nine. I can't remember the exact dimensions of it, but it I feel is, like it was, um, I feel
0: like it was about six by nine.
1: Yeah. I think it's a six by nine. Um, it, it's where we can travel with it. We can put it up. We heat it up. Um, and it's for educational purposes. Um, but you would be surprised at the people that actually have people behind bars or some, I love one behind bars that think they know, the extent of the heat but they right. don't really know the extent of the heat until they've been in that prison box yeah. you know once they've been in that box they come out they're crying yeah. they're like oh my gosh i can't you know i can't take it i can't understand how they make them live like this i mean it's because it's awful but we've heated it up the, i think the highest we've gotten it is right at 130 and they wow. have um documented um temperatures up to 150 in tdcj so we haven't even got it as hot as what it is in there um, but I mean, it's made of wood, the ceiling, we have tin on the ceiling. We try to make it as realistic as a right. cell as possible. Yeah. We've got the bunk in there. We've got the, you know, the toilet and the sink combo. I mean, we've got yeah. it. We try um, it looks to great. make it. Yo, I don't know um,
0: who made it, but they did a great job.
1: Well, the budget that we had, um, or we do, I mean, because we're donations only, we yeah. don't charge a membership fee. We're strictly donations. And so we do all of this because we care. We don't get paid to do this. Yeah. Um, and honestly, and I'll put this out there. I know that probably shouldn't, but I am. But the, I feel the organizations that do have paid people, um, they don't do enough. You know, I yeah. really feel that way. The ones yeah. that are volunteer their time do so much more to me um but you know i care you know and i don't want if it was me i wouldn't want to live like that and i just feel like this is what everyone should do i mean i really do so
0: so uh what can someone do if they hear this episode and they go man i want to i want to support this organization somehow Uh, so tell us where they can go to do that, how to do that, how they can get involved if they want, whether it's just by social media involvement or, uh, maybe get involved, uh, with some of the rallies that y'all do probably not doing very many of them right now. Mm Um, I I guess you do, I don't know if you do them. I mean, the last one I went to was, I think it was last Um, year. I mean, it was during COVID. mm
1: -hmm, It was during COVID, um, they've been really strict about what we can do the number of people that we're allowed to have and all of that. So now that sessions in, we kind of was hoping to do, you know, more, but you know, the storms, everything is just kind of hard,
0: Crazy. but,
1: um, yeah. So if you want to get involved, we have a website, um, it's Texas prisons, AC advocates, um, Dot com. I mean, it's just that okay. simple. And then you can find us on um, online at on Facebook, Texas yep. prisons Are AC you advocates, any
0: other, any other social media. Um, other
1: we're on week? Twitter. We have Twitter. It's TPA okay. at TPA eight.
0: And I'll get all those links from you and we'll put them on the show page. So people can mm-hmm. just click on
1: them. And um, we have that. Um, It's, I mean, we're easy to find. If you want to find us. Um, but the main thing that we ask anyone to do is contact your legislators that's the only way that any of this is going to change. Contact your local senators, your representatives, and let them know that you support this.
0: And they just what need to contact the, the local one in their area. That's mm-hmm. The, the one
1: local one in your area, because the more that they hear, they want to hear from the people that are going to vote on them. Right. You know, if you're right. you're not in their area and you're they don't have your vote, then you're more or less... You know, they're less likely to speak to you about the issue. But, you know, we go to we contact all of them. We go to all of them. And we you know, we never gave up. Normally, when it's hot is the only time you're going to hear from most people when it's hot. If it's cold then you you know, they die off. But we never gave up. We all year long, we're talking about how hot it is. Yeah. And so, and the, if you really think about it, this issue would help fix the cold too, because it's going to be central air and heat. <laughs> so it fixes a little bit of
0: everything. Yeah, And I'll be honest with you. I was only in prison three years and I only, um, I was in two of the winters. I was in, uh, the private prison. So I didn't, I didn't have to. And the, the first winter I was in was at a transfer facility and they had pretty good heat. Uh, the worst thing that I had to deal with during that first winter at the transfer facility in in Bonham, Buster Cole was uh, in the middle of the winter. A uh, the hot water main broke, and it took them three weeks to repair. Mm-hmm. So during those three weeks, during the middle of winter, there was no hot water. Right. And so, uh, inmates stopped taking showers, and, and and the cold water got so cold that they stopped even taking sponge baths. Um, and so, I I didn't want that. I, I wanted to take a shower, so I would go out in the evening wreck. And I'd be the only inmate out there. And the guards were like, you know, if you didn't come out, we wouldn't even have to be out here. And I'm like, I know, but I want to come out. They're like, why? I said, because I'm going to come out here in the last 30 minutes. I'm out here. I'm going to take my jacket off. I'm going to get so cold that when I go back into the shower, the cold, cold shower will feel warm. Right. That's how I was able to take, (laughs) but it took them three weeks. But you know what they, their response to that. Uh, I mean, they, they were very, they did all they could do you know i mean all you can do they um they would turn the heat up a little more and it, the transfer facility sometimes they have good heat but at the id units uh is from where I where i hear all the, the right guys that and, had to do the winters there were still cold
1: right well i will say this all tdcj units are equipped with heat they all have the duct for heat they all have heaters the problem is where it gets to where you hear a lot of people saying, well, the heat's not on. They're not turning. they're literally not turning it on or either it's broken and it hasn't been repaired yet because they all have them. Now that's just somebody being a jerk. You know, it's not, it's not administration because all the folks in Huntsville, they can't be at every unit. And I know that sounds like I'm taking up for them, but I'm really not. I mean, you have to think of this as a whole. You can't think about just your loved one because if you do that, that's not fixing a problem. You have True. to think about everyone that's in there. There's 120 something thousand people behind bars and it's not just about you or your leveling. This is about 120 right. something thousand people and you right. have to look at it like that or you're not, you're part of the problem.
0: Let me ask you one last question. How has the, and I know they really tried to um, up their game with video, video visitation and trying to do more phone calls and all that but how has not having physical visitation impacted because i know you i know you probably went to go see him all the time how has that had an effect on the inmates not having that that family visitation like that
1: um well i'll say this i went every weekend and i had contact visits every weekend i haven't seen my husband in a year Um, March 9th will be a year since I've seen him. I haven't had video visits. His unit doesn't have it yet, Um, but it takes an emotional toll and it's, it affects them to, I mean, you need that. You need that contact. You need that, you know, that just to, just to hear their voice. There's a lot of people that don't even get the phone calls, especially those that are those men and women that are in seg. I mean, it's It's awful. I mean, suicides have went up. Um, It's, it's very bad. It's to that point. Okay. So my husband is, you know, we're all in the news. I mean, we've been, had all these articles, we've had everything done, you know, articles, whatever you want to, you know, look at that we've had and it affected us, you know, like we're And not saying that there's not other strong couples that are, you know, together in prison or whatever, but it is tearing families apart. I mean, that's yeah. what it's doing. It's literally, yeah. it's ripping families apart. And I'm not saying that they couldn't do more because they, they could. TDCJ, there's a lot more they could do.
0: I believe, do you believe that, that there is some way they can safely, socially distance and provide some sort of, at some level of visitation process?
1: I'm going to probably have a lot of enemies because of this answer, but I'm going to say no. There's not and so, the reason that I look at it like this is because my husband's very sick. He's yeah, so had he had COVID. And if he had COVID again, it's not going to say that he was going to be asymptomatic this time. Yeah. You know, it could kill, it could literally kill him, but you have to think about everyone. You can, I mean, that goes back to you can't think about just your loved one because right. all these people that are sick, there's all the elderly. There's no way because look at all the the guards, the guards are bringing it in. So if the guards yeah. are bringing it in, what makes you think you won't? Because you will. You're, you're in the general public, just like everyone else. It's yeah. going to be the same thing. And if we want them to stop, you know, the guards from bringing it in, then how are we going to stop? You know what I mean? Like you have to right. think about the whole, the system as a whole, the big picture here. Don't think about just because you want to see your loved one because it's not that simple. It's really not.
0: So, uh, do you think a visitation was video visitation was offered at Estelle? Do you think that that helps having the, at least the video visitation with the emotional yes. side of
1: it? I think that it helps but also at the same time. I think it makes it worse because you want to touch your loved one. You know, right. you want to be able to be right there in front of them. It, it helps, but it doesn't help as much as it should. I mean, it's yeah. really hard to not have that contact. And like so now for-
0: I know some units, uh, maybe just the transfer facilities. I don't know about the ID units, but I know like the, two of the transfer facilities I was on in visitation, they had a, they had a long row of uh, plexiglass sections.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: so what if there was a way to do that where there's not even any contact with the visitors, but they could still come and, you know, talk to them that way. But Is you still that-
1: have contact with the guards and the yeah. guards have contact with your loved ones.
0: That's true.
1: That's the problem. And then the guards aren't wearing their masks. They're not doing the things that they should be doing yeah, to help protect your loved ones. So what if you what if you just look at it like this way? OK, what if you had covid? You didn't know you had covid. You're asymptomatic. You go into the unit. You, you know, are face to face with a guard that didn't have their mask on or whatever the case may be. You gave it to that guard. Your guard, that guard went back and was in contact with your yeah. loved one. Your loved one got it. It killed him. You know, yeah. think about yeah. something like that.
0: Yeah, And it's not as
1: easy as people want to think.
0: So where are we, where do we get What's the point we get to in the prison system where we're safe enough to have visitation in your, in your opinion, what do you think? I don't
1: know. I honestly can't answer that. I don't know. Is it
0: vaccinations? If no, I think I think I don't know how well the vaccinations are going to work. I don't, I'm not, not, I'm not a pro vaccine guy. I just know that all the vaccines that everybody that I know gets the flu vaccine, all the, they still get sick. They still get the flu. They still get. So does the vaccine keep you from getting COVID? Does it keep you from spreading COVID? You know? And so I don't, I don't know, but, but if that, if, if a vaccine, I know it's going to help some people mentally uh, think but that that's they're super, <laughs> But, but where do we go in prisons? I mean, they, they, they gotta have these, they got to have these volunteers coming in and ministering. They got to have these visitations. They, all that stuff is important to that, right. to, to their rehabilitation. So well,
1: the thing about the vaccination is it doesn't matter if it was a hundred percent going to cure everything. You know, if everyone got, it's, it's not going to matter. The problem is the men want to get these vaccinations, but they're not going to, because they don't trust the people administering the vaccination. I can yep. tell you, my husband's not gonna good one
0: yeah. because
1: they use them guys for guinea pigs way too much. And there is no telling what's going to be in that needle that they stick in you. And I will tell you right now, even if my husband <laughs> wanted one, I would tell him, no, you're not getting it because I don't trust them. I will tell you that's one thing that I do not trust is medical yeah. behind yeah. them bars because I oh, mean, they're yeah. literally they're killing my husband. I've seen it a million times and that's the problem. They want it. He would love to get it, yeah. but he's not going to. Yeah. And he's at a medical facility and all the guys that he's in there with, none of them are going to get it. And that's the problem.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean,
1: why would you not be scared? I know, You know, if they treat you the way that they treat you and they do the things that they do to you and they're so hateful, what makes you think you should be able to trust them to put a needle in your arm with something that you don't even know what's in there? Yeah, I mean, really think about that one. But yeah, it's bad. It's just bad all the way around. I, I mean, know. prison is, is prison. It's not supposed to be a cakewalk. It's not supposed to be, you know all these fancy things. It's not going to be, but it's also, and and I think it's
0: bad enough. I think prison is bad enough for, for most people to not want to come back. I believe so. But then, but but then they get out and they're subjected to a parole system that is so horrible that it almost just makes people want to, I mean, I've had guys in my transitional house with ankle monitors, tears, I'm going to go in today and turn myself in and tell them I want to go back to prison. And I'm wow. like, Oh my, this is a great transitional house, but they're locked down. This was a 76 year old retired man. He had a nest egg. He didn't have to work. And so they, he, they locked him down 24 seven. You can't go anywhere. You can't go out in the yard. You can't work out. You can't go do yard work. You can't go in the garage to ride a bike. And so he was just in tears. Like I had more freedom in prison. I could go to church. I could go to rec. I can't do any of that here. And so I I told him, I said, well, you're not, they're not going to just send you back because you want to, you're going to have to hit your parole officer in the face. And he just laughed, but I told him, I said, their, their goal is to keep you out here because they're, they're going to make more money on you out here too, um, rather than send you back. But it's, it's a system that it's, like I said earlier, it's a business.
1: You're meant to fail. It's set up for you to fail.
0: Any business. The number one got a goal or priority in a business is to create repeat business, mm-hmm. and that's what our prison system is. Right. It's the judicial system is created to keep people in there a long time. The parole system is to, is created to send people back.
1: Right. The and only when- thing that TDCJ teaches people is how to fend for themselves. And when you're in prison, fending for yourself is not the way you would fend for yourself out here. You have to survive and your way to survive. They're teaching people how to be worse than what they were before they entered the prison system. And when they come out, that's all they know. There's nothing about TDCJ that rehabilitates anyone. Not one person that I know of that has learned anything besides something that they probably shouldn't know how to do. They came out of TDCJ.
0: I told, uh, representative Carl Sherman, I said, if you take away all the volunteers that go in and and have, you know, uh, have all the classes and the the church and, and even the, the, you know, the schooling, um, that they do the trades and all the stuff that they learn, that's all, you know, um, you take away all that and it's nothing but men in cages. I
1: see it. And that's, it. that's it you can't can only cage an animal for so long
0: and we had we had two uh doctors psychologists on the show um earlier episode and they were federal prison counselors for females and and she dr carla said she said you can't just shove people into a cage and expect them to automatically get better you All have right. to put some effort into that into, into helping them get better so um all right. So people that, um, you don't really have any rallies going on. Um, we don't
1: have yet. anything going on right now. We, um, we're actually trying to find places that we can, if anyone has a location that, I mean, it could be a college, wherever that we could bring our mock sale, set it up. We do just educational stuff. It doesn't yeah. have to be the mock sale. We have like, um, an exhibit, a po- like a poster and picture exhibit that we put out to kind of give people a feel of what's going on. And, um, I just, anything that anyone has questions about, I mean, just contact us. I mean, we're, we're here to help. However, it's not just about the heat.
0: (laughs) Yeah. 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 Thank you. Uh, because I know, I mean, I mean, I know what you call the group, but I know you're more than just about the air conditioning. Um, and, uh, so Man, it was good talking to you. Thank you You're for taking the time soon. out to come on the show thank and talk you. about talk about uh, your mission and where y'all are headed. And um, tell um, is it Justin? Yes. Tell him I said hello and right. and, and thank him for letting us uh, letting you uh, us borrow you for a few minutes. And again, thank you for all you do. We will have all your links. Um, send us any pictures you have of especially the mock cell, the rallies that you have. And uh, we'll put all that on the show page. So when people, you know, they may listen to it on Apple or Spotify or whatever, but they can go to the show page and listen to it as well and see all the pictures. And we'll put all the links and everything on there. All right.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you.
0: And you you have a good day.
1: You too. Thanks for having me.
0: All right. All right. Talk to you soon. You know, there's a few words that come to mind whenever I listen to this interview over again. You know, um, compassion, but also passion. And there's a difference between compassion and passion. She's very passionate about what she's doing. It started with compassion for her own husband, and then it turned into being passionate about helping others, her fellow human being. You know, I mean, she worked hard to get her husband in a place where, you know, he can breathe and he can live with the medical conditions that he has but even after that she didn't stop she kept going you know he was like hey don't don't stop doing this we need we need a lot of help everybody in here needs a lot of help to get some conditions and things changed in here and i just i love what they do i love when something like this happens organically you know um i mean i i had my vision for forgiven felons when i was in prison but I didn't have a wife or a spouse on the outside that was helping me start something, you know? And so just to hear their story and to hear, and we talked a little bit, you know, off, off the record about her, her, her marriage and her husband and and everything. And so I got to hear the love that she had for her and I'll be honest with you, man, there's some, there's some spouses that just, you know, threw their husband away when he went to prison and didn't care and wouldn't do all the things that Casey has done for Justin and let it turn into something that Casey and Justin are doing for so many other inmates throughout our prison system. So, man, tip of the hat to you, Casey and Justin. I know you all are fighting this fight together. Uh, man, some of the things that she she talked about was you know just uh, gut-wrenching You know, I like it when she said, you know, if we don't, if we don't get involved and educate ourselves and get involved, then we're, we're, we're held responsible for the results of that. You know, we want to hold Donald Trump responsible for all the deaths that happened on his watch because of how he responded to COVID. Yet, we're not holding Brian Collier, the executive director, the head of TDC responsible for any of the deaths that are happening on his watch in because of COVID and even before COVID because of the heat exhaustion. And she's right. You know, I mean the reporting of the deaths as far as COVID, they report them as COVID, but they, maybe they died as a heart attack and the reporting is very sketchy sometimes. And it happens in TDCJ too. You know, they may have died from heat exhaustion, but they, they say, you know, uh, it was a heart attack. And It's crazy, you know, and if, and if we don't somehow get involved and and we don't want to get involved until it, until it involves us, I don't know how many people I've talked to before that didn't want anything to do with forgiving felons until they had a family member that Mm -hmm. was in prison. And I don't understand why. I think, I think the whole gospel is predicated on getting involved with things that you're not involved in, you know, and bringing light into the darkness Uh, And and then the other thing she said, even if you don't care about the people in prison, you should care where your tax dollars go and how they're spent. And this report she's talking about, um, I don't have a link to it, but I have a link to her website on the show page. And it's on their website. But go look at this report. When she talks about how um, the money is spent and how they're not spending it the way they should be, I'm telling you there's no accountability there's and that's why tdcj can get by with so many so much, so much stuff and again these are all human beings in here that have messed up they're not bad people they're ba- they're good people who made bad choices maybe there's a few bad people in there but for the most part 99 percent of them are good people who made bad choices and really want to do the right thing but they're not going to do the right thing in prison because prison is all about survival you know, you're wondering if you're going to get raped, molested, beat up, killed. You know, you have to join a group, a gang, just for protection. Thank God I was big and ugly and I didn't have to do that. You know, it's it's not easy in prison. And then you add on top of that the heat from the from the summer prisons and then you add COVID to it this past year. I, man. And, and listen, if you want to know how hot it gets in a prison cell, when they start doing rallies again and they have this this prison cell this mock prison cell out there i'll 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 post it on my social media when they do it and uh and you can feel you can feel how hot it gets and i can vouch for it i've been in prison and i've been in that mock cell so i know it's accurate um you know when 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 they talked about the heat during the um during the winter you know, it's it's true. More often than not, sometimes it they, they weren't on, so we just thought they needed to be turned on. And sometimes they may have been broken and just taken so long to repair. There's no urgency to repair it. We're inmates. We deserve to be in there. We deserve to be as miserable as possible while we're in there. And sometimes they just don't turn it on. And that's that's the God's honest truth. I agree with that. And I know that's for a fact. Somebody said one time the heat wasn't turned on. The heat was on one night, and then the next night it was off for repairs because it was broken. But then the very next night a different guard comes in, and it's back on. Um, It didn't get repaired that quickly. That guard that night just didn't want to turn them on. So, but, um, But, you know, AC for the pigs. They spent three quarters of a million dollars. To make sure the pigs have air conditioning. That's crazy. We're, 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 we're bass, backwards, (laughs) backwards. We're backwards on everything we do. And I don't know, I don't man, we gotta, we gotta do better, but I want to bring it back to the fact that she did this all for her husband out of love. And then now she does it for love for her fellow human being. And so it is a love story. So thank you Casey and Justin for fighting this fight for so many inmates in Texas and their families. And thank you for including the, the medical issues and, and conditions and the water, contaminated water, because it, it that needs addressed too. And thank you for expanding your reach. Thank you for loving your human your fellow human enough to expand your reach and do your best to hold TDCJ accountable. And listen, we got to all do our part. Don't wait till you're affected by this to get involved. The best thing you can do is is to get involved with something or somebody that you have nothing in common with. I know we want to live in our safe little bubble in our safe little world and say, let's only hang out with people that are like minded and that look like us, act like us, have the same hobbies and interests as we do. And that's not what Jesus did. Jesus did not hang out with people that was just like him. He hung out with sinners, disreputable people. He hung out with the sick, the lame. He didn't hang out with people like him. And I just want to say thanks to Casey and all she does. And uh, I, I I want you to go to their website go to their website it's on our show page go to the show page ForgivenFelons.org forward slash background check You can listen to the podcast from there and um, but if you listen on Apple give us a review and rate us please give us give us give us a review uh, but you can listen to it on the show page go there you can see pictures of the mock prison cell, what it looks like on the inside you can see pictures of the rally and, the, and, and everything Casey does with TPAA so um th- thanks for listening and if you want to get involved uh follow them on on facebook twitter the links are on the website go to the website check out, check out the pictures and read the bills that they're working on and check out the website for sure go to the website their website and um and look at the documents page and you'll see all kinds of great information if you really want to um to be a part of the solution all right. Hey, thanks again. And before we go, let's say a prayer for Casey and TP AA. Father, we just lift up Casey and Justin. Thank you for the fight that they're fighting. Thank you that they care enough about each other and the, their fellow human beings to advocate on their on their behalf. So, Lord, I thank you. I pray that you open doors for them. I pray that you keep them in good health. I pray that you give them everything they need to leave leave this uh, group Turn it into an organization, and and then it's a legacy organization, that it keeps going long after they're not even able to work it anymore. But, Lord, I thank you. I pray that you give them funding for whatever they need funding for. I pray that you give them, um, like I said, open doors, volunteers, everything they need to advocate to the best possible way. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we'll see you all next week. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Background Check Podcast brought to you by forgiven felons helping people with a past realize their future for more information please visit forgivenfelons.org follow us on instagram facebook and please don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss the latest episode i'm jaden gum and this has been background check